Our second lesson is from Paul's letter to the church in Rome, Romans chapter 13, and we'll begin with verse number 11. Besides this, says Paul, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not reveling in drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. So not only can you read the Ten Commandments on your smartphone, but you can set many different kinds of alarms. My own smartphone, I counted up yesterday, I have 70 different alarm options. And if I use my music from my iTunes, there's about 3,000 more. I can wake up, I can choose piano reflection and slow rise and by the seaside. For mornings when I might need a lot of energy, there's the motorcycle or marimba, or my personal favorite is bark. You can be woken up by the sound of a dog barking. For mornings when there are hard things ahead, like a burial or a difficult hospital visit, there's calming alarms. Some of them are called silk and uplift and waves. Snooze is the one function on my smartphone that Paul wouldn't approve of. No snoozing. Paul is adamant that the Roman church wake up from sleep. Alice McKenzie says that we as readers are prodded to wake up from sleep with the Roman church. And Paul defines sleep as works of darkness. What does that mean? Well, we can guess at our own darkness, relationships that might be fueled by selfishness or self-indulgence, our greed for more and more and more, our sometimes malevolent unkindness for those who are not like us, our vindictive gossip-making and rumor-making. A laid-back ringtone like Rainy Day or Blowing Dalliance is inappropriate for the urgency of this wake-up call. For first-century Paul, the urgency comes from the short period between Christ's first coming that he knows and a second, and it is expected to come any moment. 
We need this call to urgency as much or more than the Roman church. When centuries have passed and the dawning has still not occurred, it's, it's easy to lose our sense of urgency. But there is still the urgent truth that our lives are short and that we have limited time and none of us knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Paul understands this as the need for putting on the light and living honorably in the day. And for Paul, spit spot, time is always of the essence. He now, he's just spent 11 whole chapters of this letter proclaiming the power of the gospel and the mercy of God. And now, in this chapter, he begins to give instruction on the Christian life, how our worship is central to our well-being. This is a moment of health for us all and those at home. And our well-being is central to how we behave how we take our everyday life, our sleeping and our eating and our going out, our working, our going to school, our walking around life, and we place it before God as an offering. Our everyday, ordinary life is to be lived in decency. A life of graciousness. What, what is decency in our living? A life which honors the gospel. The Christian life that honors the everyday small things that actually are so huge. For instance, gentleness, openness, tenderness, serenity. When was the last day we opened our eyes and lived a day in the spirit of openness, gentleness, tenderness, serenity? For Paul, everyday simplicity gives us our freedom. Duplicity is bondage. Simplicity brings joy and balance. And duplicity brings anxiety and fear. And every single day, it begins at one moment. The moment when we wake up and open our eyes. You know what time it is. How it is time for us to wake from sleep, he says. For salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is gone. The day is near. For the first believers, life was lived with a sense of anticipation. Every day held an expectancy, a keenness, for the Lord is coming. The promises that they knew from the Hebrew scriptures were tangible, touchable things, for the Lord is nigh. 
The reign of God is close at hand. And when they prayed, when they prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, they knew that that was a real and solid event happening in their lifetime. 2,000 plus years ago, not so much. What do we anticipate? A lot of us reduce that word to a feeling of expectation. Here comes that trip. I better pack. Here comes that party. I better get dressed. Here comes that project. I, I better have energy. Here comes that meal. I better be hungry. But anticipate, as we know it from the New Testament, comes from the Latin word, from the Greek to the Latin meaning, taking into possession beforehand, to foresee and act in advance of. Anticipation in this way is an act of faith, a dependence on the love of God, a strengthening of the partnership that we have with our Lord and what we can anticipate together. You know what time it is. It's the chance to wake up and offer your life to God. And it starts when your eyes open each morning that very holy, liminal instant when life is lived between the already and the not yet. There's a moment to breathe. There's a space to go deep. There's an opportunity to pray, saying to God each morning, I give myself to you. I trust you. I wholly depend on you. I am yours and you are mine. Do with me this day what you will. May this be our prayer. I give myself to you together. I give myself to you. I trust you. I trust you. I am wholly dependent on you. I am wholly dependent on you. I am yours and you are mine. I am yours and you are mine. Do with me in this day what you will. Do with me in this day what you will. You see, then, the dawn is breaking, and we don't squander precious hours being frivolous. We don't sleep around and overindulge. We don't grab and hoard. We stop bickering and backbiting. We cease the gossip, and we end the resentment. We turn away from the decadence and the wastefulness and 
any of the shallowness and insincerity in, in our lives. And we do this because in the kingdom of God, there's no room for it. It's an utter waste of time and a scandal to the gospel. It injures our relationships. Because when at the dawn you say to God, I give myself to you, I give myself to you, I trust you, I trust you, I am wholly dependent on you, I am wholly dependent on you, I am yours and you are mine, I am yours and you are mine, do with me in this day what you will. Do with me in this day what you will. Then there's no room for darkness. And there is freedom. For you know what time it is. It is time to meet your Lord. Thanks be to God. <laughs>